It's episode 47 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show, and I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. This show is designed to empower women to find their own expression of the keto diet to maximize their health and happiness. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey there, friends. Welcome back. Thanks, as always, for joining me on Keto for Women and yet another episode of me just chatting to you. So today we are going to really just kind of sit here and talk. I want to just share some things about my own personal health journey and journey through ketosis and finding out what works for me. And I want to talk about my experience with fasting. And I guess I'm just going to kind of be an open book in this episode. It wasn't what I planned to do for today's episode, but I don't know. I'm kind of in this weird space right now where I just want to share more about about what has gone on with me, because I really think that that is what I guess drives and motivates you to find your own story and empower you to learn more about your body and more about your experience and actually take the time to understand what is and isn't working for you. So I just kind of want to do that today and share some things that I haven't talked about here on Keto for Women yet, especially as far as fasting and how I'm kind of changing what ketosis looks like for me, I guess, because of the change in my workouts and just that kind of thing to hopefully open the door for more conversation for you guys to have basically with yourselves or with whoever wants to listen. So that's going to be today's plan. Before we do that, I do want to announce a new partner of the Keto for Women show. You've heard me talk about this company before, and if you follow me on social media, you will also know how obsessed I am with ButcherBox. ButcherBox delivers meat to your doorstep and not just any meat, the best, highest quality, 100% grass-finished beef and pasture-raised pork and pasture-raised chicken to your doorstep. And I cannot say it enough. It is the best meat I have ever had in my life. And I'm so excited that they are a partner of the Keto for Women show. And this comes at a really great time because they are now offering salmon, wild caught salmon, adding that to the menu of things that you can get shipped to your doorstep for you to just conveniently have this amazing quality of meat right at your fingertips. Now we get fish. It is the coolest thing ever. And they are giving it away for free for Keto for Women listeners. So if you go to butcherbox.com slash KFW, you will get two pounds of free salmon added to your order if you are a first-time customer of ButcherBox. So us keto ladies can have this amazing high-quality, nutrient-dense meats that we desperately need. And this is something that I'm so passionate about, especially within keto, because we're eating more of specific foods. So if you're eating more bacon, more pork, more sausage, more beef, 
then you have to make sure it is of the highest quality possible. It is not even a question. You are going to take that chance, if you don't, of creating a more inflammatory response in your body, which is what lower quality meats will do. Basically, meats that come from an animal that wasn't raised properly, that animal is sick. And we then eat the meat of a sick animal, and that makes us sick. It's such an easy concept to wrap your head around when you think about it that way. And we cannot take the chance of doing that, especially for us keto for womeners who are trying to better ourselves and trying to get to the highest point of health we possibly can. You cannot take that chance. So ButcherBox is the way to go. And now you get two pounds of free salmon through the month of May. So make sure you check that out. Get your ButcherBox ordered through the month of May. Again, go to butcherbox.com slash KFW. And that will take you automatically to the Keto for Women specific website. And then you can order your box. It will come with two pounds of free salmon. And you'll be in love as I am and everyone else I know that has gotten on the ButcherBox bandwagon. Alrighty, let's get into the show. As far as announcements, not a whole lot to add here. We have the new class of fat-burning femalers starting up this week. Very excited for that. If you missed out on that, you can continue to stay tuned if you do want to do the self-study, which would not include any of the group stuff, but would still get you basically a jump start into ketosis and doing it safely and effectively using the fat-burning female protocol. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, make sure you can continue to stay tuned. That will be coming out in probably another few weeks, I would say. Still doing some final touches there. And also, if you were part of the webinar that I hosted last Monday, then thank you so much for being there in person if you were there live. It really makes such a big difference to the speaker if you actually have people attending. So thank you so much for taking that time out of your day to attend live and ask questions and just be there. That was really, really fun. I'm super excited to do more webinars. I just love that style of connection and kind of getting the message out. It's different than obviously like I am now sitting in front of my computer in my pajamas haven't even brushed my hair yet today, and recording a podcast, staring at a computer, talking to myself. Not quite the same thing. So yeah, webinars are definitely something I will be doing more of. So be on the lookout for announcements about that. And if there is a topic that you would like to have discussed in more detail, so last Monday we talked about hormones, and I'm sure you all know by listening to this podcast, a huge, huge passion of mine and something I'm going to talk about today in my own experience. It's such a great topic because obviously we're women and our hormones are different, but also because that is something that within keto can go really, really well or really, really not well. So that's why I chose that topic and use that as a point of focus for that webinar, but I'm open to doing more. So maybe we can find some more topics that you'd love to have discussed in more detail than I do here on the podcast, which, you know, the big difference is that it is visual. So I create slides and then use those slides to help communicate what I'm trying to say, whereas obviously podcasts 
it's just my voice. And sometimes I do a really good job explaining things. Sometimes not so much. It just depends. I don't even know on what, maybe the day, maybe the time of day, maybe whether I'm wearing pajamas or not. Who knows? So yeah, keep that open. If you have any questions, of course, or any idea topics, of course, as always, info at ketoforwomenshow.com. Now that brings up a really good point really quickly. As moving forward, I've had such a good response from doing the Keto Hot Seat episodes to answer your questions. That's what I will be doing regularly, but also that is how I will be asking for questions and taking listener questions from now on. So I do have a very long document of questions that have been asked using the email info at Keto for Women Show. Those are not going anywhere, but I will be more so using those questions as just general idea topics for future episodes, and I will not be answering those specifically. So if you do have a specific question about keto and your journey or something that may be relevant to others listening, make sure you get your question submitted for the Keto Hot Seat episodes. And now the difference is those Hot Seat episodes, the questions are short. They're short, they're sweet, they're to the point, and I answer them on the fly without further research or anything like that. So it would have to kind of fit into that category where it's not something that requires a super long explanation or backstory or something like that. And that's really where we can get a lot of women that can relate to stories when they're a little bit shorter, a little bit sweeter, a little less specific to one person and more general to the public. That's really what I want to do here because, of course, we're here to help as many women as possible, right? So that's what will be coming up. I am asking for new questions this coming week. So be on the lookout on Instagram and Facebook. That's where I will post that. If you have either of those, make sure you put your question there. The only reason that you would email is if you do not actually have social media. If you do not, are not logged in, don't know what to do, don't even know what Instagram is, then you can email info at Keto for Women's Show. And in that topic headline, in your email headline, make sure you put Keto Hot Seat. Then we'll know that that's something that's going to go in the Hot Seat folder versus the more podcast topic idea folder. We're getting it all organized around here. We're getting this all figured out, and this is the way we're going to do it. So hopefully that makes sense. I'm looking forward to the next Keto Hot Seat episode, and that will be coming up very soon. I will also be doing a follow-up to the Keto for Hormones webinar very soon. There were topics that I didn't quite get to, questions I didn't quite get to answer, and so I will get to that. That will probably be a spinoff of the Keto Hot Seat situation, and it will just be one strictly about hormones, but then I can make sure to clear up anything that wasn't made totally crystal clear from the webinar. Okay. I think that's about it. Let's get into today's chat. I'm very excited. Like I mentioned, this is not something that I planned. It's not something that I have any notes for. This is just my life. And I have always been, from the very beginning, super open with what I've gone through health-wise and diet-wise and fitness-wise and everything. And I want to continue that trend. And of course, I've talked about a lot of this 
already here on Keto for Women, but I think it's kind of been broken up. And now we're in episode 47. It's almost been a year, which is crazy. And, you know, a lot of my story was told at the beginning and I haven't kind of revisited it enough over the past couple months. So for anyone new that's listening that doesn't know kind of what I've been through or how I got here, I think that will be important for that. But also, if you already know my story, of course, I always talk about it differently. So you always get a different vibe. But it's also just nice to have that reminder that, Of course, I think having a practitioner that you trust, most of the time, and it's the case for me too, most of the time, the reason why you trust them is because they've been there. And I want to remind you all, even though most of you probably already know this, I want to remind you that I've been there. And when I talk about things here on Keto for Women, and I do this teach and preach type thing, it comes from a place of having been there myself and having to go through everything that some of you guys are going through now. And especially with the weight situation, I know that weight is such an important and big piece of the puzzle here on Keto for Women. And I know that I always preach about having to step away from your weight loss goals, the scale, counting macros and all that stuff. And I have to remind you all that I say that knowing and having been in your exact same shoes not that long ago. So I had to do that myself. I'm not just preaching it and not having ever had weight that I needed to lose or not being able to lose weight that I really desperately wanted to lose. It all comes from this place of having been there and having to change so much about myself and my life and my mental state in order to achieve this place of health and happiness where I'm at now, which then led to my ideal health situation, feeling better than I ever have in my entire life, but also finding my happy weight. That's where I want to start this talk today because I wrote a blog post, again, not even something I was planning on doing. I don't know what's going on with me this week, but I woke up one day and just had a pretty clear schedule and just decided I wanted to share more of that story about how I found my happy weight, which is where I'm at today. Now, the very first thing that I want to say before I get into this is that there is a very clear distinction between happy weight and ideal weight. Happy weight is your body's happy weight, where it functions the best, where you feel as energized as you possibly can every single day, where you have normal menstrual cycles, where you have normal moods, you're happy and content and you don't have these mood swings, you have minimal PMS, you have minimal menopausal symptoms if that's where you're at in your life, you sleep really well, your relationships are great because you are happy and not wanting to pick fights. I mean, the list goes on and on about, I guess, the checklist for when you're at your body's happy weight. And that's something a lot of us don't really even consider or choose to ignore because we still go to a piece of plastic in the bathroom and step on a scale and get a certain number. And we let that determine whether we're happy or not, whether we're going to have a good day or a bad day whether we're going to fight with our partner or not, and the list goes on. And a lot of times we don't even recognize those amazing things that are happening and all the good things that you're feeling. And actually, maybe you are close to your happy weight, but yet somewhere in your lifetime, somewhere down the line, you found a number that was your ideal weight. It was an arbitrary number. Maybe it was 10 years ago 
and you liked the way you looked and you liked the way your jeans felt on. And that's when you decided that that was your ideal weight. But that doesn't correlate a lot of times to what your body's happy weight is. So you've got to make that distinction. I mean, that's really where just ditching the scale entirely is the best way to get around that. I am someone that, of course, used to weigh myself all the time. Absolutely. Even when I was really sick. And even when I started keto, which we'll get into, I started keto and started fasting and started doing all these things. I became obsessed with the scale because I was correlating that with my health gain. So I was thinking that because I had gained weight, because I was sick, when I was sick, I gained 35 pounds in eight months very quickly, rapidly. I'm 5'1", small person. So 35 pounds on a petite frame is quite a bit. It was a shock for sure. And it was at the same time that I was ill. So I associated that weight gain with me being sick. And so for me to be well, I had to lose that. That was kind of my trigger. That was part of the process of gaining my health back was that I had to lose that weight. So even though I was coming at all this with a mindset of health, still, you know, it's something about that scale. It can be a trigger. It can be something that becomes very obsessive and something that, like I mentioned, we use to determine how we're going to feel that day instead of actually tuning in, tapping in to our bodies, our lives, what's going on, what's working well, how many good things are happening. And just instead, we look at one thing and that is how we determine our entire day. And that just can't happen anymore. It's just not okay. It's just not how we should be living our lives. And that's what I really want to empower you. One of the things I want to talk to you about today is moving beyond that. And so that's where writing this blog post was really important for me to do. And I hope you all go read it if you haven't already. If you have, then this is going to be a little bit of a repeat, but important because, of course, spoken word versus written word, I guess, is very different for me. So you'll get little different knickknacks. But let's go into a little bit of that journey about my weight. So as most of you may know, I was, I'm not anymore, but for about 13 years, I was in the fitness industry, 10 of which was working in a gym. And so every day I would go in and, you know, it's just kind of one of those environments that very much promotes over-exercising, under-eating, counting macros, counting calories, hating your body, working out harder to try to get a better body, but then still hating your body. It was a very sick and is still probably a very sick industry to be in in that regard. And I was there. I was in it. I did all of that. And the height of that was when I decided to compete in a figure competition, which if you don't know what that is, you probably at some point have seen some sort of picture about this. And maybe I'll, this week I'll post a little picture of my thing, my flashback. But it's basically you get down to a very, very, very low body weight and body fat percentage, and you get into a sparkly bikini and some really high plastic heels, and you go on stage. That was in 2013. So it's been almost five years, a little less than five years now. I decided to do that. And so I spent 14 weeks prepping for that and going from a very healthy, normal, 
body fat percentage and weight to a very low body fat percentage and weight. And in that time, in that 14 weeks, I got super, super sick. I had a really severe ulcerative colitis flare-up. I lost my period. I wasn't sleeping. I was losing hair. I was having headaches. I was just kind of tired all the time, but then wired all the time because I was working out twice a day and just really, really focused and definitely definitely not eating nearly enough food. And at this time, I was already paleo. So besides the whey protein shakes, which I just kind of squeezed in there, I was paleo. I was eating all real food, all veggies, all meats, and healthy fats. So I wasn't even doing it in an unhealthy way. It just was very, very low food for about three and a half months. And that's why I got sick. So that was such a stressor on my body, as you can imagine, working out twice a day, not fueling your body properly, which side note, this is why I'm so passionate, one of the many reasons why I'm so passionate about women not doing that to themselves, because I'm still, honestly, I'd say just now, probably in the past six months or so, I'm actually recovered from that believe it or not. And by recovered, I'm talking specifically, not to mention all the other health issues I just had, but what that did to my metabolism. So that really hindered my metabolic rate. You know, I had spent long enough amount of time not fueling my workouts and not eating enough food and then essentially forcing my body to get into a slower metabolic capacity in order to basically not starve or die. And I would say it took about a little over four years to recover that. So keep that in mind. That's why I'm so passionate. Again, I'm saying this with experience. I've been there. I've done that. I've underfed my body and it's taken its toll and it takes a long time to regain that. So keep that in mind. Anyway, That was such a stressor on my body for multiple reasons, as you can see. And all of those symptoms at the time were symptoms of hormonal imbalance that I basically just chose to ignore. I knew that it was likely that I was going to lose my menstrual cycle because all women who go through this figure competition thing lose their menstrual cycle. Now, at that time, I apparently didn't care enough about my body and my health for that to be a concern, which... Gosh, I can't believe that that was only five years ago because it seems like a lifetime ago that I would be that careless with my body and my health. But I was, and I've learned so much from it. So now I can be here sharing it with you, which is the good thing that comes out of these things. So then, you know, kind of one stressor it took, I honestly don't even know if I ever got a regular menstrual cycle back after that before I went through another stressor that then took away my cycle again. It was kind of erratic, and I definitely don't think I was ovulating, but I did kind of have erratic menstrual cycles. Then definitely didn't get any sort of total hormonal balance or healing that happened before I got sick again, which was in 2015. So about two years later, that was when the whole mold exposure started happening, and that whole process, which took a lot of digging and a lot of time and just so much stress on the body that again, lost my menstrual cycle, had these other random symptoms, I guess, coming up. And one of those was this weight gain that I mentioned, the 35 pounds at eight months. Again, I was already paleo. I had been for years. I was working out. I was a fitness trainer. So I knew how to work out appropriately for my body and hadn't changed anything. And then all of a sudden, this weight gain came on very rapidly and there was nothing I could do about it. And I wasn't in the place where I am now with the diet mentality, I guess. And I 
of course, like started really just like digging into what am I doing wrong? Am I eating too much? Am I eating too little? Am I eating too much fat? Am I eating too little fat? Am I eating too much protein? You know, all the stuff that I think a lot of us women in the keto space like plague ourselves with these constant questions and not thinking you're doing something right just because you're not seeing the results that you think you should be getting, which maybe came from, I don't know, who knows what, maybe what happened to you in the past or maybe what some blogger told you you should expect, but they're not you. And even you five years ago isn't you now. So we kind of make these arbitrary assumptions that that don't work and don't correlate with what you're doing now. So again, another side note, but for me, it's ingrained in us. I think very much too, it's ingrained in us from a very early age that what we eat is what determines our weight. And I was in that point where it's like, it's got to be something more because I'm doing everything right with my right in quotations because it's different for everybody. So that's relative, but I'm doing what I know to be true to my body for my food and my fitness level. I'm experiencing these other health issues too. For me, it was intense brain fog to the point where I couldn't hold conversations with more than one person at a time. Like I remember having brunch with my friends. They were all over. At the time, I was living in a house that was moldy, but I had roommates and everyone was there. There's probably 10 girls there for brunch. And I could not follow the conversation with too many people around. All I wanted to do was just go into my room and have silence. And that's not like me. I'm, I like to be around my girls and I like to be part of the conversation and part of the fun. But at that point, not so much. But anyway, so that was one of them that I noticed and intense exhaustion, just overall fatigue all the time, joint pain, like barely being able to walk once I got out of bed and not having energy to even get through stuff throughout the day. So I was having these health issues where I just did not feel like myself. And as most of you know, I went through the whole journey of trying to figure out what was going on with me. And after a few months and after lots of doctor's appointments and doing my own research and my own testing and all that stuff, found out that it was because of the toxic mold exposure. And so I had to make it through that whole protocol. And that was when keto came into my life, which we'll talk about in a minute. But That protocol is one of the things that got me to feeling really good again. And I'm not going to go into what it, it all entails, but it's stressful. Not only was it stressful to have these things happening to your body and have these random health issues, but obviously your body is actually stressed from being so sick. So that's another stressor. And then the protocol is really stressful. And then, you know, the mental and emotional toll that that took on me, first of all, because I wasn't well enough to hang out with my friends and family and have a good time. I stayed home most of the time. I wasn't well enough to build my business, something that I obviously love to do and I'm passionate about. I wasn't able to do the things that I love in life. And so that was really emotional. But then, you know, let's be totally honest here. And I know you guys can all agree. My body changed so rapidly to the point where I couldn't recognize myself. And coming from this place of always being just a naturally fit person, because I do love working out and I had done the competition. And then before that, I had done powerlifting and all that stuff. It was hugely, hugely stressful emotionally and mentally and spiritually to go through that and not be able to help myself, not be able to like do what I'm used to doing and just change up my eating a little bit and lose some weight. It didn't work. It wasn't happening. And it was frustrating. And it was scary, like really, really scary. So again, 
when I talk about weight in the way that I do, I know a lot of you are like, well, it's easy for you to say. But just please acknowledge and remember that I have been in that exact same position with those exact same thoughts. And I'm on the other side now. And it has made a huge difference in how I view the scale and weight and what I want to look like versus what my body wants me to look like in order to operate healthfully. And it's been such a process. And I want you guys to get on the other end of it too. So that's why I'm sharing all of this today. So let's get into a little bit about when I went keto, because I know I've talked about this. Obviously, that's why I'm here today with a podcast and a class helping women. But going keto was part of my protocol for the mold exposure. It was something I chose to do on my own. It wasn't doctor prescribed, but it made a lot of sense to me with what issues I was going through as far as like the mental health and the joint pain and just overall knowing I had tons of inflammation in my body. I knew that producing ketones would help me at least manage some of those symptoms, if not get rid of them. I mean, at that point, I just wanted to feel remotely like myself and I would be happy. And that's exactly what happened when I went keto. Within a few weeks, I'm one of the lucky ones, which I do know you all know that it's not always as quick and easy as some say it is to start feeling the benefits of ketone production. But I was one of the lucky ones. And I think it was because I was starting at such a low point. And like I said, I would have been happy with anything feeling better remotely, even 10% better. I would have taken it and been really excited about that. And because of that, I felt quite a bit better really quickly. And I really liked the food I was eating. I did it all very innately. Again, I had come from years of paleo. So I just started adding more healthy fats and eating a little less meat. And it was like done so easy. And that's kind of how I based the fat burning female around was literally essentially what I did. And during that time that I switched to keto, that was really when I was like, finally, I'm just going to give up wondering what I need to do in order to change how my body looks. I cannot spend any more time ruminating over what I'm doing that's making me not lose weight. That was really the big sticking point for me where I was just so over thinking about that, that all I wanted to do was at least feel better because I knew if I felt better and I could do the things that I loved and I could hang out with my friends again and build my business the way that I saw it being, then that would be enough. That would be so much happiness for me that I wouldn't even have time or energy to care about what size jeans I was wearing at the time. So I just, when I went keto, it was the same. I did that all in the same thing. I went keto and I started really just making sure that I was getting every single micronutrient out there with all the veggies, all the healthy fats, all the extremely healthy meats, like the butcher box we talked about, and just making sure I was truly nourishing my body as best as I could. And that I knew would then really assist my body in getting back to being healthy. So, you know, I had to do a lot of soul searching. There was a lot that happened at that time that got me to where I am now and made it more doable to not care about the scale, to not look at the size of my jeans. I wasn't really weighing myself at this point, and especially not after I made that change to just not care and focus on my health for a little bit. That was when you know I stopped kind of weighing myself and stopped 
looking at the number on my jeans and I just went and got some clothes that I felt really good in that I actually liked to wear because when I gained weight, I was assuming it was temporary. So I just bought some cheap stuff that I didn't really like and hoping that it was temporary. And it ended up not being as temporary as I thought. So I finally went out and got some good clothes. I got my first like stitch fix box and just embraced it embrace what was happening physically to me and working deeply on that health thing that I wanted so badly. And with keto, I dropped a few pounds. You know, I felt a little bit lighter and less water retained, less bloated after a few weeks of changing into a ketogenic diet. But that was it. I did not lose any other weight for a long time. For definitely at least a couple months, I didn't see any weight loss at all. And again, scary, of course, but I knew that I was putting that on the back burner. Again, using my new kind of spiritual practice, which maybe that's something I'll cover in a different episode, is what I did in that time. And that's going to be kind of more of a woo-woo episode. So if you don't like woo-woo-ness, you're not going to want to listen to that one. So I won't include it here. But yeah, I'll warn you before that comes in. But it's something that has completely profoundly changed every aspect of my life and something I truly believe in. But anyway, that's beside the point. Back to the weight. Did not budge for months, okay? And That then let me know that, first of all, I wasn't well. I was having less and less symptoms, which was great, but my body was still working on something, right? Then I slowly began losing a little bit of weight. That kind of came as I was getting through and basically finishing up the mold protocol. So I was officially kind of had lowered inflammation of this chronic inflammatory response syndrome that happens with the mold exposure. That had been something that was keeping my inflammatory response so high that a lot of that weight was inflammatory weight. So I did lose some of that slowly. And I basically got through the mold protocol and was feeling really good. I was feeling much, much better, much, much more like myself. And this was, I would say, probably last spring. And I did use a fasting protocol to help me with this. And I want to talk about the fasting specifically when I'm done with this story. So let's move on and then we'll go back to the fasting because I have some thoughts on that. But once I started feeling so much better in so many other ways and then having, you know, very minimal symptoms anywhere else and getting through the protocol, being cleared of mold entirely and being done with that. And I still was carrying some more weight than I remember my body being comfortable at. Of course, I had long gone, gotten rid of the ideal situation, like that was gone. And I haven't ever thought about it since still to this day. I have no ideal situation anymore. My ideal situation was being 100% healthy and feeling so good every single day. And I almost think that it's hard for you to have that as your goal entirely until you get to that low point. And I think a lot of you are there or have been there. So I think that you can relate to me now and being at such a low that you don't feel like yourself and then everything else just doesn't matter until you start feeling like yourself again. And that's the main goal. And I know, I know you're all thinking, well, not all, but some of you are thinking, yeah, but getting to this weight is what will make me feel like myself. I get that. I totally understand. And I feel the same way. But that's where we, again, remind ourselves that, and this is kind of the whole point of this entire story, 
that weight is a symptom of something deeper going on. And that weight isn't going to change until you are well. You cannot lose weight before you lower your inflammation. You cannot lose weight before you get your blood sugar under control. You cannot lose weight before you get your hormones balanced. It just doesn't work that way if you're trying to actually lose weight in a healthful way. If you're trying to lose weight because your body's well and happy and balanced versus forcing it to lose weight by underfeeding it and then messing up your metabolism for years. There's a huge difference, right? So that's the whole point of this story. And it's the whole point of the blog post that I wrote is that we have to change that mentality. And this back burner approach is what is going to do that. And it was something that I had to learn too, after you know having everything else still fall into place, but the weight loss that I was assuming would happen along with it, because that's what happened when I got sick was that I gained weight. So as I was getting well, I would lose it and it didn't happen. And it led me to continue to learn more about my body, which is what I'm so passionate about you guys doing is learning more about your body when things like this are happening, because there is a reason. There is absolutely a reason. And you can find that out. And then you can change that. You can heal that and then see what happens. And that's exactly what I had to do. So I did GI panel. So I learned more about my gut health and what was going on there. And I did have an overgrowth, something that needed to be healed. And I had some food sensitivities. So I took those out and I was sensitive to things I was eating every single day, took those out and healed that. So I could heal my gut, which was great. After having basically, at that point, four years of stress, just total stress on my body, starting from the figure competition and then moving all the way into this time now where I was really sick and there's a lot of stress on my body, that was just constant, chronic, extreme stress. And that constant, chronic, extreme stress causes hormonal imbalance. There is no way around that. So my hormones were out of whack. They were totally out of whack. And I was not having regular menstrual cycles. I was not ovulating. They were kind of all over the place. And it was something I had to heal. So I had to go through that stuff. And it wasn't just, okay, the toxic mold exposure thing is done and now everything falls back into place. You then also kind of have to deal with what goes on because of these other things too. Very rarely is it one thing that's keeping us from being totally well. It's almost like this snowball effect, like this causes this, causes this, causes this. And you have to work backwards to build that health and kind of get yourself out of it. So I guess that's the point of this story, like I do on every single episode, and I think you all know this by now, but I guess I wanted to give you the background of why I'm so passionate about what I do is giving you all the total 100% ability and empowerment and drive to figure this out for yourself. Because still, to this day, even though most of you know my message, the amount of people I get reaching out to me where their weight is their concern, and yet they have no idea what's going on with their gut health, what's going on with their adrenal health, what's going on with their hormone health, how their inflammatory markers are, what their thyroid looks like, if they're even doing keto correctly and safely and effectively for their body. So this is my business, obviously, but it comes from this place of having been through it all. 
having been through that and having to do that work and continue to keep digging. And yeah, I know it's expensive. It does cost a lot of money. I spent so much money on my health. I cannot even tell you how much money I spent on my health over those years because none of the protocol, none of the mold stuff is covered under insurance. People don't see that as being a real issue. So yeah, I get it. But would I take any of that back? Absolutely not. Because here I am, and let's kind of go back to the story, present day, I learned so much about my body. I found out those deeper issues that were kind of these underlying things I hadn't even been focused on, and I fixed those. And now, present day, I'm sitting here at what is my body's happy weight? Absolutely. I was able to get there. I didn't have to do anything extreme. I'm eating more food than I ever have, but I'm also back to working out to the degree that I like to work out, which is intense. I'm not going to lie. I like to work out in an intense level. It's what I've always done. It's what makes me feel really good. But now I know that I have to fuel that properly. Keto is great for that. And enough food on a keto diet is absolutely essential to that. So I'm eating more than I ever have. I'm working out really hard. I'm sleeping really well. So I'm resting and making sure that I'm recovered. I'm really tapped into my body to make sure that that's what feels good. And of course, if there's ever a day where that doesn't feel good, I don't do that workout or I make sure to sleep a little longer or take a nap or take it a little easy in my work that day. But I also have very, very normal menstrual cycles and not just as far as timing, but like as far as how they go and how they feel, I never knew (laughs) that our periods should be so easy. It should be so easy, like barely any signs or symptoms that it's even coming, very minimal PMS as far as cramps or breast tenderness or bloating, or cravings, or mood changes. It should just be easy. It really, really should. And I'm finally there for probably the first time in my life. And so that's how I know. That's kind of one of my main things that I'm able to see with my body is that my body is happy at this weight, and at this level of workouts, and at this level of food, and at this amount of sleep I'm getting. And the amount of stress that I am willing to take on versus the amount of times that I have to take a step back. Everything's kind of been figured out. And coming from this place where I was just a few years ago to be able to say that now, and if you've ever been there or maybe you're still trying to get there, then I think you can imagine how good it feels to say that. And I say that, of course, because I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of my body and I'm proud of everything that I've done to get here and to really take the time to learn about myself and learn about this process. But I really say that because I want this for you too. So badly, I want this for you too. I want you to not have to think about everything that you're thinking about, not have to feel everything that you're feeling. I know we're all coming from such different places and have such different backgrounds and things we're working on, but I think we do all have the same goals and we do all want the same things. And it's all going to be a different path for all of us, but I don't think it's going to be as different as you all think. That's why I'm doing what I do and why I talk about what I talk about and why I have the classes that I have is because I want this for you so badly. And to talk about the weight a little bit more specifically, like I mentioned, my happy weight is not where I started. 
it's not like what I was in my 20s or what I was even before I started training for the figure competition. It's not. It's different. My body is different. The amount of body fat I have is different. But it's very obvious that this is where my body is happiest. And that makes me happy. And that makes me not really care one little bit about I have no idea what I actually weigh. I honestly have no clue. I haven't weighed myself in probably eight to nine months. And I just feel good. And to truly feel better than I ever have in my life and to be at a place where I have the ability to do the workouts that I want to do, to eat the amount of food that I want to eat, to not concern myself with what am I doing wrong? How many calories am I eating? Is that what's causing my weight gain? You know, all the questions, just the questions that we just are asking that the answer isn't what you want. It's not what you're expecting. It's not about what you're eating. It's about so much more than that. So can we please, please get over that and please find out what it is. Of course, I'm available to you through the Fat Burning Female Project. And if you go through that class, then you can get into my other classes where you can test your hormones the way that I did. You can test your gut and food sensitivities the way that I did. And you can find out this information. This is what will take you to that place where I now am sitting and I want you here along with me because we would have just the best time (laughs) if we all felt as good as we possibly can. And I know a lot of you are already really, really close to that, if not already there along with me. So I know you guys want that for those that are still struggling too. We all want to be in this boat together. Before we move on with this episode, let me just take a minute to remind you all about the healing power of bone broth, and more specifically, Oh So Good Bone Broth, who is a proud Keto for Women sponsor. Bone broth is the best, most nutrient-dense way that you can go to heal your body and heal your gut and improve your skin and nails and hair. The amino acid profile in bone broth is absolutely incredible, something we all need and a lot of us miss on a regular basis. Not to mention those micronutrients, the vitamins and minerals also provided naturally in bone broth that work to heal your gut and also to heal your immune system and to keep you healthy and well. That's why we are recommended to drink broth when we're sick or when we feel ourselves getting sick. And to have that in a package that is so delicious and so easy, all you have to do is grab a pack of oh-so-good bone broth out of your freezer, let it thaw, put it into a pot, and you can use it either in recipes for whatever you're making that day, or my personal favorite is to just drink it straight out of a mug. It's very comforting and warm. I love to do it before bed. It's kind of my nighttime ritual. It calms me down, makes sure that I'm nice and healthy heading into bedtime, and I have those nutrients ready to go. Oh So Good Bone Broth is 100% the best tasting broth out there. It is the best one I have ever had. I've tried them all. I am a huge fan of the flavors of the bone broth that they have there at Oh So Good. My favorite is the Signature. I highly recommend that. A close second is the Spicy Pork. So make sure when you are placing your order with Oh So Good, you grab those two and just give them a try. Let me know if you think they're your favorite too. 
and just make sure you always have some around. I know you can make your own, but there's just times when all of a sudden you or your family member feels like they're coming down with something and you need some broth immediately, but you don't have any bones. You don't have the time to make some broth. And it's just really nice to have that in the freezer ready to go for whenever you or your family needs it, which really, honestly, it's an everyday thing. You need to be making this a ritual so that it gets into your health care routine because it is a much needed part of that. So head to ohsogoodbones.com and get $10 off your order when you use the code KETO, the number for women. That's O-S-S-O goodbones.com and use the coupon code KETO, the number for women to place your order, get $10 off, make sure to try all those flavors, try the soups too. They are phenomenal and so easy to pull out and have around for a quick dinner. Uh, Just so great. Everything's so good there. I promise you're going to be obsessed. I think that will wrap it up for that story because I want to take the last few minutes to talk about my fasting experience because that was part of this story. And it was something that I had to learn a lot about myself along the way. And I know it's something a lot of you are doing. And I, again, have several episodes about fasting. I think that fasting is great a great, great thing for the right person. For me, and this is totally 100% just my experience, and again, I say this to you so that you can look at your experience and see if you are noticing anything like this, if you think it's right for you or not. I don't know if it is. I know that it's not right for me. So fasting did not work for me. Now, I will say, quite honestly, that I did experience some amazing benefits from fasting. And I do not take back the time that I spent fasting because I do think that for how sick I was, it did help me get better quicker because really what I was looking for by doing the fasting protocols that I did was that autophagy. So basically the kind of recycling and cleaning out of bad damaged cells. And I had a lot of bad damaged cells because I was just really sick, right? So I really wanted to kind of promote that in my body quicker. And that's what my biggest goal was with fasting and just to see kind of what else would happen. So I started fasting actually right when I began, pretty much when I knew I was in ketosis, I began fasting and just doing a 16-8 intermittent fast most days of the week, probably every day, I would say basically from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and then didn't eat the rest of the time. Then I think from there, I went straight to doing alternate day fasting. I just really amped it up. I was just so wanting to be better at that point, wanting to feel like myself again, that I had done the research, I had listened to the podcasts and all that stuff, and I felt comfortable doing that. And so I basically ate all day. Say Monday, I ate all day. Tuesday, I didn't eat at all. Wednesday, I ate all day. Thursday, I didn't eat at all. So I kind of did alternate day for probably about a month, month and a half. And I did feel pretty good. I felt definitely not obviously energized. And I was not working out at this time. I was doing just basically walking and some yoga at home. But didn't really have a whole lot of energy, of course. Took lots of naps. Wasn't sleeping at night at all. And that also went for the 16-8 fast. That really affected my sleep too but just kind of kept on pushing on and trying to figure out how I could get myself to sleep. But 
that didn't really ever happen, but I did start feeling some really good improvements with some of the symptoms I was having that keto was helping, but not quite as quickly as I wanted it to. Of course, like when you're so sick, you just want to feel better as quickly as possible. And and that's what fasting was able to do for me. Around that time, actually around December, before I had actually started the alternate day fasting, I began losing hair. So not sleeping well, not really being able to do the workouts that I was doing and losing hair. I also began to have menstrual cycles disappear. So while they weren't totally regular yet, because I was still kind of pretty stressed out from the mold exposure, I was having periods. They just weren't always exactly at 28 days. They were kind of a little sporadic, but I was having them. And then I began not having them at all. And that continued definitely when I started the alternate day fasting, again, a few months later, losing a significant amount of hair, a lot of hair. And of course, still not sleeping, um, having this massive cortisol response and not having the energy that I needed. And another thing that happened with the alternate day fasting that was something I wasn't prepared for was that the days that I ate, I began to kind of binge. It wasn't a good thing, and it wasn't something I've ever really been used to for myself. It wasn't something I've ever experienced in myself, and it was weird to feel that kind of not have any control or feel like something else is determining the food that you're eating. It was scary, and anyone who's been in a binge situation, which I know there's a lot of you out there listening, can relate to that feeling where you feel out of control. It's a scary feeling, and I was getting that while doing this alternate day fasting because I wasn't eating for an entire day. So I would just massively overeat on the days that I was eating, which is not healthy either. And obviously I was undernourishing myself, which you all know is something that is really something I'm passionate about. And a lot of that passion comes from, first of all, the figure competition where I was severely undernourishing myself and really had to spend years trying to get that back. But also from this fasting experiment and just seeing how my body did not respond well to not eating enough food and to not getting those micronutrients that we have to get from food on a daily basis. So I did it for a short period of time, like I said, maybe a little over a month, saw the benefits, but then realized I needed to stop because I wasn't feeling well. My energy was getting lower and lower because at that time I was so tuned into my body. I knew what it felt like to have a cortisol response, which is that stress hormone that we release. And I mean, I think we can all agree that not feeding yourself whether you're in ketosis or not, but you know, we assume that just because we're in ketosis, that when you're not feeding yourself, that then it just doesn't matter. Your body doesn't care and will start fueling on the body fat that you have. And that's not the case. Like there's definitely still a stress response that happens because that nourishment isn't being provided. Those nutrients are not being provided that you can't get from your body fat. So it's a stressful time for your body. And I don't care what expert says that it's not, I mean, there is absolutely no way. I'd like to see an actual study be done on that with getting your cortisol levels checked through salivary hormone testing, urine testing too. So anyway, that's just a little rant that I have because it is immensely stressful on the body. Any amount of not eating and fasting will be. So you have to be prepared for that. And your body has to be prepared for that. And I wasn't. And I'm still not. I don't think that my body can tolerate that level of stress ever. Because I 
went through that and then stopped. And that's when the hair loss started. So I know a lot of you also deal with hair loss within the keto community. And especially if you're trying to maybe fast or maybe just have a bulletproof coffee in the morning and try not to eat. That's one of the crazy things about keto that obviously most of you know I don't agree with is this low food keto, which is basically promoting that you kind of don't have to eat as much when you're in ketosis. That's not true. We still need those nutrients. It's not just about calories or energy source or whatever, we need nutrients. That's hugely important to our health. And to fast isn't going to be able to provide that. So that's one of the things that can cause this hair loss that happened. For me, I think it was probably a combination of that lower nutrient level, but also it was the stress because one of the biggest signs of that is kind of how our hair works is it goes through phases. And, you know, just to make this super short, essentially around two to three months after a stressful event, that is when the shedding will start to happen. So if the stress happens, it kind of kills or freezes or whatever. I don't know, I'm not a hair loss expert, but it kind of changes that hair into a situation where then three months later, it will shed. So if you've ever noticed that a few months after you start fasting or a few months after you start ketosis or a few months after you quit a job and start a new one or anything, you start losing hair, that's because of a stress response that has happened and it changes the hormonal situation of our hair. Just a side note. But that's what happened to me. And, you know, this was a few months after I'd kind of quit fasting. I was still kind of doing it some days. I would either do an intermittent fast or just not eat till after a workout. So it ended up being, you know, 17, 18 hours. I was still kind of doing it, but then still having this hair loss, still having this issue with sleep, still feeling that cortisol response happen. And I think this is just another really quick side note. A lot of people say they feel so good when they're fasting. They feel almost euphoric or they're just like energized or feeling really great. That's your cortisol. That's what cortisol is doing for you. So that's fine if you have the capacity to handle that. If your adrenals can handle that, if you're not dealing with any other stress, and if you think that that's okay for your body to have this increased cortisol response, then go ahead. But you have to know that that's what's happening. And for me and for a lot of women out there who are dealing with stress or have had stressors in their life in the past, that's not okay. You can't add that additional stress because that's going to completely tank your adrenals, which is what happened in my case. Even though I had so much good going on and so much other health restoration happening, my adrenals and my hormones were still a mess being told to me by the hair loss, but also because my menstrual cycles were erratic. They weren't always on time. And my PMS was bad. My cramps were bad. My breast tenderness was so bad. I mean, one month that I had been fasting, I had breast tenderness the entire month. And that was really painful. And I do not wish that upon anyone. So Again, it's just signs. There's just these little cues that if we know enough about our bodies, then you can decide if it's right for you. And I was able to determine that I cannot ever fast. Yeah, it's got a lot of great health benefits, but I can get those benefits by being keto too and by working out at the capacity that I work out. And I wasn't even able to do the things that I love to do in my workouts when I was fasting because I didn't have the energy and I wasn't going to push my body to that degree. So really, that was a big big lesson for me and something that I wanted to share, not that it means anything for you and your fasting schedule, but just so that you can understand what it looks like in my life to know when things do and don't work for me. And that's what I really promote. I mean, and this is something I don't have time to talk about today, but 
I'll talk about in a future episode that I've currently changed my level of carbohydrates that I'm eating because of my workouts. There's so much more glycolytic and intense that I need a little bit of additional carbohydrate. And so every time I post a photo of me eating carbs, I always say, this is my keto. You have to find out your keto. And I'm not doing that to be mean or to not help you, but I'm doing that because the true help is in empowering you to find out what works for you so you don't have to look at someone else's plate of food and be like, huh, I wonder if I should do that. You'll just know. You'll just know what works for you and what doesn't. And that's the same with fasting. You don't have to listen to someone else's story of how it was great and it helped them. You don't have to listen to a podcast and be like, yes, I should definitely do this. And just as a side note, again, going back to the weight really quick, I did lose a little bit of weight while fasting. I gained it back after I was done fasting. And what actually got me to my body's happy weight and got me to this place where I'm able to build muscle, which side note of the side note, when I was fasting, I lost a lot of muscle. I'm a naturally pretty muscular person. It's just my build. And I come from obviously fitness, so I've always worked on maintaining a specific level of muscle mass. I lost it. I lost a lot of it while I was fasting. So again, something to keep in mind, to look out for. I mean, all the experts in the world can tell you that that doesn't happen, but if it happens to you, it happens to you. So that negates all of it. And you've now found out what works and doesn't work for you. So that was another thing that I was like, no, I'm not okay with this. No more fasting. And like I said, lost weight, of course, during the fast, I think most of it's water weight. It was a lot of muscle weight too. And it wasn't until I started eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, sometimes snacks, I started working out to the level that I felt was good for my body and working up to getting to that point of fitness where I want to be, where I remember being. I'm back there. I'm back to that. I couldn't have done it if I kept fasting. And I couldn't have done it if I had been on this kick of being keto without enough food. Like I eat so much food, I eat every single meal and it's a full amount of food and then I'm able to function at this higher level and that is what has gotten me to my happy weight, not the fasting. It's the eating and the being happy and the healing of my hormones. So obviously my hormones were a wreck while I was fasting. They are now spot on, as I mentioned, which I can tell because of my menstrual cycles biggest indicator there. Of course, there are many. And that hormonal balance, the thyroid balance that comes with hormonal balance many times, the sleeping well, the modulation of stress, the eating enough food, the being super active that I love being, which promotes so much happiness in me. All of that has then gotten me to this point where my body just shifted, just naturally shifted to be able to gain muscle and to lose body fat and to be at this happy place where, no, it's not what I used to be, but it's clearly the happy spot. We've gone full circle. I wasn't sure how that was going to happen with this episode. I thought it was going to be very choppy, but look at that. We're back at finding our happy weight. And it was not through fasting. And it may or may not be through fasting for you. More than likely, it's going to be through true health, finding that true health and getting there and using keto to do it because we're all here. So we know how important the ketogenic lifestyle is to all this. It is the pillar of my own personal story 
And I'm sure it's a pillar of yours too, but of course it's not the only pillar. We can't be held up with one pillar for too long. There's a lot of other different aspects and a lot of it, you know, the other big pillar that you have is finding out your story, finding that out. And I'm more than happy to help you. I would want to help each and every one of you if I can at some point be able to help you in that way. That would be a total dream come true. So I'm happy to do that through my classes or we'll continue to obviously learn things here on Keto for Women, maybe some future webinars, all that good stuff. So I love sharing my story. I hope that you guys don't mind when I do share my personal stuff with you. And of course, I'm doing so with the full intention of it being a help to you to empower you and to let you know that what you're learning from me, and I hope it's a significant learning experience for you, but what you're learning from me comes from my own story. And it comes from my own experience with being in your exact shoes. So just know that. What I say, what I promote is not trying to be mean or trying to get you to not care about your weight, but yeah, it's kind of that. It's getting you to care more about your weight and to understand that you've got to look deeper. All right, I will wrap it up here. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to my story. If you want to hear more or hear a different version, then you can go over to my blog post, which I'll have linked in the show notes here, and you can go ahead and read that. And of course, let me know whenever you're ready to be helped, I'll be here for you. All right, that will take care of it. Until next time, have a great week. 